Welcome to another edition of The Policy Shop, the podcast for the Illinois Policy Institute. I'm Joe Kaiser, and if you're wondering why your property taxes are so high, as so many Illinoisans are, today we have an in-depth look at one of the biggest cost drivers behind them. On this episode, Illinois Policy Institute Chief Economist Dr. Orfe Devungi dives into how the state's unaffordable pensions are driving property taxes to unaffordable levels for homeowners and taking away money from important services. Orfe talks about his new report that looks at the connection between pensions and property taxes and why home values aren't appreciating as fast as they are in other states as property taxes here skyrocket. This expert analysis of critical importance to Illinois homeowners is right here, and it begins right now. So the past 20 years, uh, residential property taxes in Illinois increased 80%. And Illinoisans know that property taxes are really, really high. Uh, And Illinois actually used to be middle of the pack uh, when compared to other states. But now we have the second highest property taxes in the nation. So we went out and decided to, uh, you know, try to find out why. And what we found out was that uh, pensions were actually starting to squeeze uh, the delivery of services in the state. Pensions are increasingly taking a bigger share of total local and state government budgets. What that actually means is that we're paying more, but getting less. So we pay more for uh, police protection, for fire protection, and instead, uh, most of our property tax dollars are actually going to police pensions and fire pensions. Uh, at the state level, we know that the state uh, contributes uh, to teachers' pensions. And, and many people will say, well, hold on a second. We uh, don't uh, have enough money going to schools, and the state doesn't contribute enough uh, to schools. But actually, what we found out was that uh, state uh, spending actually increased over the past 20 years, but that uh, state, the state contribution to pensions, the teacher pensions, actually increased 700%. And so a lot more of the state dollars, instead of going to the classroom, are going to, uh, to pay for teachers' pensions. What is the specific breakdown when you say that people are paying more but getting less? How much are they paying into, uh, to get for police and fire services or for education and how much is actually going to pensions instead of services? So, uh, so the, the, the really crazy thing we found out was that less than every additional uh, dollar paid in property taxes in the last 20 years, less than half of every dollar uh, paid in property tax collections in the last 20 years actually went to services. That means more and more of our money ended up going to pensions. So a good example would be in uh, Cook County uh, of... Are of a dollar paid in property taxes, only uh, 23 cents of that money would go to fire protection and the rest would go to pensions. Uh, f- for numbers that, are, uh, that, that people can relate to, that means uh, an increase in fire protection spending by $23.6 million compared to an increase. Uh, of property taxes going to pensions by $80.6 million. So that's a lot of money. That's more money uh, going to pensions than going to services that provide values for homeowners, that increase the value of your home, 
that make your neighborhoods better. Uh, so, and, and of course, that's reflected in home values. When we look at home price appreciation in Illinois, we see that uh, the housing market hasn't fully recovered like it has in other states. So traditionally, you know, when you pay extra dollars in property taxes, those property tax dollars go to investments and services that make your neighborhoods better, that make them safer, uh, that make your schools better. And, and therefore, you should see an increase in home values. In Illinois, because most of our tax dollars go to pensions, we don't see the housing market heating up like we see in other states. What, 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 what has been driving pension costs that high? I mean, you looked at the last two decades in particular that made it so out of whack with what taxpayers can afford. Well, what, what accelerated pension costs to the point where um, the, you have so much money going to pensions opposed to actual services? Well, I think I think it's uh, it, you know it, it, there's plenty of blame to go around, right? It started it started uh, way back in the '90s. It's 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 always uh, politically expedient for uh, for you know politicians to make promises to uh, to to uh, to uh, public servants, uh, and so they they overpromised uh, pensions. They made promises that just uh, couldn't possibly ever be realized that were uh, never in line with what the economy uh, uh, would ever reflect. Uh, and so what we saw is a huge increase in pension benefits and promised pension benefits over the last 20 years. Uh, and, and despite uh, you know, huge increases in contributions, we just can't possibly uh, ever pay for the pension problem we have in the state. I think the overpromising thing is an important point for two reasons. One, you often hear that the pensions are underfunded, and the reason they're underfunded is because they're overpromised. That's how they got there. And then two, also, pensioners themselves aren't often to blame for the, the benefits that they get, but lawmakers, politicians are the ones that set those rules and that overpromise the benefits to create the mess in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I always say that uh, you know when you look at voter data. Uh, you realize that uh, uh, it's not the young who vote. It's, 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 it tends to be uh, the uh, retirees. And so it's very easy for politicians to promise things to, to who they think is going to uh, vote for them uh, uh, come uh, election time. Uh, and so that's very unfortunate. But really, you know, the, the point of the paper is really not about that. The point of the paper is really about, uh, it's about fairness. It's about the fact that it's not fair for homeowners to pay more and get less. It's not fair that some government workers can retire in their 50s and enjoy uh, you know, millions in pension benefits, while uh, private sector workers sometimes have to work uh, much longer uh, just to be able to pay their rising property tax bills. So on the fairness point, let's get into some of the numbers for homeowners. I know you looked at specific different areas across the state. What does the picture look like for homeowners over the last 20 years? So for homeowners, uh, you know, it's been disastrous because when you look at uh, uh, in, 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 your, in, in different areas of the state, so if you look at, uh, you know, I think, I, uh, you know, du Cook County, DuPage County, Lake County, St. Clair County, you see more and more tax dollars going to pay for pensions than going to pay for uh, things that keep us safe, like police protection or fire protection. And again, that just means that uh, your home values don't appreciate very much. It means that uh, the return on your investment, you know, very often the largest investment homeowners make, which is, you know, buying the purchase of a home, 
which used to be the the way up the uh, ladder of success in America, right? It used to be that uh, the biggest wealth creator, home ownership, uh, it just means that uh, the return isn't there anymore uh, for for Illinoisans. And then it makes it hard when your home value is falling down. If if people do want to leave the state to to sell your home, you're going to take a huge loss on it. Oh, absolutely. I I, I it, you know it makes very it makes it impossible. To uh, to put your house on the market when time on the market in Illinois is much uh, longer or higher than time on the market in other states. You know, Illinoisans put their houses on the market uh, and they have to wait much longer before they can find a buyer and sell their homes. Uh, that usually means that the price will have to drop and and people will have to take a loss uh, before being able be able to move. And I think we have some interesting stories like that. Uh, you know, because at Illinois Policy Institute, being the uh, strongest advocate for taxpayers in the state, we actually go out on the streets and talk to uh, regular people, you know, every day uh, that are facing uh, these huge bills. Uh, we have the story of uh, Rich Roth. Rich mm-hmm. Roth uh, is, is one of those Illinoisans who decided to move because he just couldn't afford the property tax bills anymore. Uh, in fact, I think Rich's story, uh, Rich tell, told us the story about uh, having to leave the state and take a loss on his home uh, just to uh, because he knew that he would recuperate that loss that loss uh, eventually by just not paying that property tax bill. Yeah, that's the thing that jumped out to me when I when I talked to Rich was he took a huge loss in selling his home, but he did the math over the next six or seven years and realized that being in Arizona, he would make that money back anyway on property taxes, and that's incredible. And I think people understand that that their property taxes are going up, and it's a unique problem to Illinois, especially in the Midwest but it's connecting the dots that is a new thing. And with what your paper does is showing the cost drivers behind that. Do you think it's going to be an easy thing for, for people to understand how their property taxes are going up? Because pensions are kind of a wonky issue and, and it's a lot of numbers that are going into this. How do you help people understand the cost drivers to property taxes? So, so I, I think, I think it's, it's an easy sell because uh, people are feeling the pain. Uh, you know, You see your property tax dollars going up uh, when you're when you're wealthy and uh, you know you you don't feel it as much as uh, somebody on a fixed income uh, uh, or somebody uh, you know that earns the median Illinois uh, income. Uh, so uh, you see the property tax your property tax bill going up and, and it hurts. Uh, and I think Illinoisans are too familiar with that pain. And uh, and just like and just like our team here, they started to wonder why. Uh, so our paper did exactly that. Uh, we tried to figure out why, and we learned that pensions are consuming uh, more and more of our state and local budgets. Um, unfortunately, uh, that means that taxpayers have been misled about where their property tax uh, dollars are going. You know, you, uh, traditionally, we thought that we would pay more to see our schools improve and uh, our kids' outcomes in, improve. We would pay more to live in safer uh, neighborhoods. Uh, but that's not the case in Illinois. Uh, more of our tax dollars are actually going to pensions and not uh, the delivery of services. Have you done any compare contrast to other states, maybe in the region or nationally? Because it does seem like a uniquely Illinois thing when we talk about the second highest property taxes in the nation. We're doing some things that are, are outliers compared to our Midwestern neighbors or our neighbors across, across the country. Well, well, you, you know, it's it, it it's not uh, it, it, Illinois has a particular problem because Illinois used to be middle of the pack, so so it, it wasn't like uh, you know uh, it wasn't a problem that was always here. 
Uh, it's a problem that's grown over time because of poor policy, public policy decisions uh, in the past. Uh, and, and perhaps also because, you know, we have uh, nearly six, 7,000 units of local government, right? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it was bound to happen. Uh, if we have too many units of local government, uh, you know, that's, uh, by the way, to put it in context, that's 1,800 more than uh, the next state, Texas, that has doubled the population. Right. Uh, when you have too many units of local government, there's, there's a lot of red tape, there's a lot of room for corruption, and there's way too many public sector uh, workers that are getting paid huge salaries and, and also collecting big pensions. Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, we have 1,400-something townships, nearly 900 school districts, and all those bodies of government have personnel costs and, and that cost a lot for taxpayers. Um, is that sheer quantity, the, the, the number of local governments, I mean, that you have a lot of people enrolled in the Illinois Municipal Retirement Fund. Is government consolidation then another big issue, whether it's school district consolidation or township consolidation? Is that something that taxpayers should keep their eye on? I think I think it's a it, it ought to be one of the first the easiest thing that uh, Illinoisans uh, can get. Uh, it should be consolidation. Uh, it's I think it's the most common sense uh, thing. Trying to uh, streamline government and make it more efficient, uh, uh, t- and, and, you know, will reduce the cost of government. Will reduce the size of our pension problem. Uh, I think that's where uh, our efforts ought to go first. Uh, the second thing that uh, we're pushing for here at the Illinois Policy Institute is pension reform. I don't think that we can continue going the way uh, you know things are going. Uh, you know, the pension liability is just growing so much faster than uh, than the economy is expected to grow. Uh, and so, as long as the pension liability t- keeps growing as fast as it has, uh, we're going to we're going to continue seeing more of our income and property tax dollars going to pensions. Uh, instead of services. So things are just going to get worse unless we do something about the growth in the pension liability. Well, what are some of the roadblocks to pension reform? And on that point, why hasn't pension reform happened before? So I, so I, I think the, uh, the, the biggest roadblock is the way the uh, Illinois Supreme Court interprets uh, this pension contract. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, in Illinois, you have this... Uh, what's called a cost of living adjustment, uh, which in reality is not. You know, inflation has been very low for a long time. Uh, you know, the economy has been sluggish. We've had a very slow and long recovery. Uh, and yet uh, the pension liability, because of this cost of living adjustment, uh, you know, for the primarily, is growing uh, so much faster than economic growth or inflation. Uh, so the Illinois Supreme Court has actually uh, prevented us uh, uh, from cha- from making any changes to promise benefits. Uh, but I think that uh, it's reasonable to uh, to suggest that uh, that something has to be done about the growth in the pension liability, primarily through this uh, adjustment of the COLA or cost of living adjustment. And it's not even really doesn't really sound like a true cost of living adjustment considering how fast it's growing. It's not like those those increased benefits are actually adjusting government workers to the cost of, of living when their benefits are so high. That's right. I mean, we, you know, we, like I said, I think inflation has been very sluggish. The, the, the economy has been 
slow to recover uh, everywhere in the U.S., not just in Illinois. And so a 3% yearly uh, cost of living adjustment is not really a cost of living adjustment. It's a permanent uh, pension increase, a benefit increase. Uh, so something has to be done about that. Something has to tie, at, le- at the very least, or to tie the growth in pension benefits to the growth in the economy or the taxpayer's ability to pay. Uh, otherwise, uh, pensions are going to continue to crowd out uh, the delivery of services. So uh, changing the Illinois Supreme Court, or excuse me, the Illinois Constitution would be one of them, which is a, a, seems, sounds like a big uphill climb, but it's something that is doable in the long term. What other reforms could be implemented to help uh, pension reform? Yeah, I, I, uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to go out and give you my opinion because this is something we're still working on here at the Illinois Policy Institute. Um, I think one of the first things we ought to do to stop the liability from growing is uh, is getting public employees into 401k plans, right? Uh, there has to be some sort of risk sharing. Uh, if uh, If the economy isn't growing very fast, well, then your pension benefits don't grow very fast. That's just how it works in the private sector. Uh, so I think the 401k uh, solution is, is one to, to reduce the growth in the pension liability. And uh, at, at least every new employee should be in a 401k plan. Uh, and, uh, uh, but again, I don't, I don't think we can get away from, uh, from pension reform, uh, from a constitutional amendment. And all it requires really is political will. Uh, which is why voting is important, I think. I think that we need to go out and uh, voice our opinion uh, at the polls this year. We, we get a chance th- this election year to to have our say. Uh, I think uh, young people need to go out and vote and, and tell their lawmakers how they really feel about the problems that we're facing in Illinois. Absolutely. And then on the other side, though, there is this force that's going to oppose pension reform and do so electorally as well. 401k style plans are something that's been adopted in other states, including Michigan a few last year and Kentucky, I believe, last year or two years ago. Um, so we have other examples to see it happen, but you have these strong forces that are going to oppose that. What is your sense of the opposition to something like a 401k style plan, and what is the argument against pension reform in general? So, so it, again, it's it's I think it's just a political uh, it's a political thing. I think that you know you have some strong uh, public sector unions. Uh, that are going to pledge their support to uh, any politician who will oppose uh, pension reform. But one, one, you know, one thing that needs to be made clear is that nobody's trying to take anybody's pensions here, right? Uh, uh, I think that uh, we we need to address the growth in the liability, not uh, not uh, the, the you know accrued benefits. Uh, so uh, so no one's taking anybody's pensions away. Uh, I we we ought to think about the growth in the liability because uh, it's even more and more plausible that with slow e- slower economic growth than we ever have in, had in the past, that uh, those pensions which just won't be there, and that you know when when the time is uh, comes to collect, uh, many people will be disappointed because uh, pension funds will not uh, generate the kind of returns that uh, they are expecting or promising to generate. Well, that's, that's something government workers should understand because even if they, they don't want pension reform, a 401k style plan could benefit them in the future if these pension funds aren't available. Do you, do you think there's an understanding among both politicians and government workers yet 
that that could be a, a, a possibility down the road that the pension funds won't even be around? I think there's, I think, you know, I, I don't think politicians are, are realizing it quite yet. I don't think the general public has realized it quite yet because I don't even think uh, economists, and I'm talking about my profession here, I don't even think e- most economists have realized the size of the problem. Uh, if you look at uh, the last uh, 20 years or so, what you find out is uh, persistent a persistent decline in interest rates. Uh, the persistent decline in interest rates only means that uh, the returns for a uh, uh, plausible portfolio, uh, you know, a pension fund, for example, have declined substantially over the last 20 years. Uh, unfortunately, pension fund managers, uh, because they haven't necessarily adjusted their investment assumptions, are going to continue to uh, assume higher returns than are actually going to be realized. So, uh, so it's very important that people realize that with declining interest rates and declining pension fund returns, uh, the money just won't be there. And so, uh, and so we need to start addressing this problem now. And, and even pension fund managers should start considering the fact that they need to revise down their assumptions about uh, about the uh, pension fund uh, uh, and the money that will be there to pay for these uh, growing liabilities. Well, and I think that goes to a point in your report is the people that are feeling it are homeowners. They're the ones that feel it first. And thinking back to like the 2007, 2008 collapse nationally, the people who felt that coming first are you know, the poor and the middle class. They're the ones that feel the pain first. And on a smaller scale in Illinois, the homeowners are the ones that are realizing it first. So it's just kind of for them connecting those dots and saying, this is the pension problem is what's driving this is what's driving property taxes up. It's what's hurting home values. It's connecting the dots. Homeowners are starting to see this because they can feel it. It's for politicians, government workers, special interest groups that are going to see it next. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, but, you know, even going back to, uh, to, to, the, to your last question about, uh, about why some people might uh, oppose uh, these new measures that we're proposing, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to understand. It's it's hard for me to 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 put my head around why uh, anybody would be opposed to uh, to reforms that might actually uh, benefit them in the long run. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, you know, you look at uh, the, some of the arguments that they're going to make is that we're not contributing enough to the pension funds, and that's why the pension funds are so uh, poorly funded. Uh, but when when you look at the numbers, what you actually see is that our contributions to pension funds have increased enormously over the last twenty years, and yet the funds are worse funded today than they were before. So so again, what that tells us is that there were huge promises that were made, promises that were not in line with reality, and so that any small adjustment to that uh, to to the pension liability today is not actually going to make people worse off, uh, retirees worse off, it's actually going to just align them with reality and, uh, and, and, and it's actually going to be beneficial from the, for them in the long run because if there's no money, uh, there's no pension. In the alternate, if they're saying that, that these funds are underfunded, we need more money for them, that's calling for another tax increase in some way. And eventually, you're just shrinking the tax base so much, it's what's accelerating out migration. That's bad in the long run for the state too. Oh, absolutely, and that's part of the calculation for uh, 
for state's fiscal imbalance. You know, you can't continue to tax uh, people at a higher and higher rate uh, uh, when you start to see the tax base shrinking. Uh, in Illinois, we've had four consecutive years of population loss. Uh, I think it's very important for us to remind to, to remind our listeners of that. Uh, and we've also learned that it wasn't just people, uh, retirees moving to other states. We looked at census numbers this year that suggest that it's actually uh, our working age population that's leaving the state. Those numbers are scary. Those numbers are telling us that our tax base is shrinking and that, uh, you know, eventually there won't be very much to left to tax. Uh, and so, again, <clears throat> very important. Pension reform is, an, is, a, is, a, is a necessity. Uh, and we need political will to get pension reform uh, and to get that constitutional amendment uh, on the ballot. Uh, unfortunately, we missed a window of opportunity this year. We're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, but one of the things we can do right now is is get new employees into 401k plans. And if, it, if the pension reform weren't to become a reality, you've talked about the changes in the last two decades looking forward. What would it mean for government workers and homeowners alike if pension reform is not realized, if government consolidation is not realized? Uh, continued out migration, I'm sure, would be a thing. Uh, rising property taxes. What would the reality be like for Illinois? Look, the, the reality is, uh, you know, it's a little bit of what we're hearing already from uh, uh, gubernatorial candidates and some lawmakers in Springfield. The reality is they're uh, going to try to increase taxes. Again, uh, we had a tax hike not too long ago. We had another one in 2017, like a few a few months ago. Um, and uh, and now people are talking about a progressive income tax. Uh, a progressive income tax is just basically a a, a, a way a, a politically a politically expedient way to uh, to get people to accept another tax hike. Uh, they'll talk about a fair tax, but every proposal we've seen. Uh, Really means a tax on the middle class. In fact, the latest proposals that came, proposal that came across my desk uh, would raise taxes on people earning uh, slightly above seventeen thousand uh, dollars, and so that's scary. Uh, so we know tax hikes harm the economy, uh, and we know that uh, if the next uh, governor <laughs> wants to raise taxes on Illinoisans, uh, it's also going to hurt uh, the economy even more. Uh, it's going to squeeze the tax base, and what it all ultimately means is that it's going to uh, uh, speed up the process by which uh, uh, pension funds will run dry. Uh, so, uh, so that's really that's really what we think about that. Uh, again, we cannot afford another tax hike, uh, and so it's probably best for us to deal with this pension problem now to consolidate uh, government and to make our government sector more efficient than it is to delay this and, uh, and politicians push down another tax hike on all Illinoisans. And, and a progressive income tax might be politically convenient, but when, when talking about this pension crisis, it's important to note there's no real magic number that they can find, uh, a tax rate that they can find to tax the rich that would solve the pension crisis. It's not a revenue problem. I think that's a really important point there. It's just they'll talk about tax hikes to, to, to fix these underfunded, quote unquote, 
pension funds, but there's no number that's going to, it's these reforms that you're talking about are the only way forward. Look, look, I'm, I'm going to just explain to our listeners a little bit how, um, how these, uh, uh, the size of our pension problem is calculated. Uh, so the, the way the, the cal- pension problem is uh, calculated, the pension liability is calculated, is by taking into uh, account, I, I wouldn't even say they really take into account uh, how long people live, right? How long beneficiaries will be around for. Uh, they make assumptions. They assume, uh, they make assumptions about how long beneficiaries will be around for to collect the, their pensions. Uh, they make assumptions about how well the economy is going to perform and uh, how high investment returns are going to be. Uh, by the way, all of those things are not known <laughs> for certain, right? So there's huge uncertainty about how long people will live, except, except the fact that we know people live longer, and that means that pension payments will have to continue for much longer than they, than they used to in the past. Uh, there's, no, there's a lot of uncertainty about how large the investment returns, how large or small the investment returns are going to be. And so, uh, and so there's no way for uh, anybody, actuary, economist, a mathematician, pension expert, to try to uh, estimate the kind of tax that would be necessary to pay down this pension liability. Uh, the pension liability itself has been revised by billions every year. So if you look at uh, the numbers reported by, uh, by the state government here in Illinois, the pension liability itself gets revised up every year, uh, not just because there are new people going into the system, but also because the assumptions that were made to calculate the pension liability were wrong in the first place. Uh, and they're always wrong. So, uh, so you know, politicians will come and, and, cl- and make the claim that, you know, what we need is another tax hike. Uh, but we know for sure that Illinoisans cannot afford another tax hike. Economic growth has been sluggish. Uh, uh, and uh, we just can't afford to, uh, to hurt our economy even more. Uh, by the way, all the tax increases have made Illinois less competitive than other states. Uh, and uh, what that means is that the size of our economy relative to uh, the rest of the U.S. economy is shrinking. Our contribution, Illinoisans' contribution to U.S. economic growth is shrinking. Uh, and that's a problem. Yeah, and I think Illinoisans, because of the tax burden they pay, understand that to a degree. They know that things aren't going well, and they, they understand that they probably can't afford another tax hike. They can't, their family budgets can't afford another tax hike, which is why when you outline the scope of how big the problem really is, these, these reforms to pensions are the only way forward. What does, if, if we're successful in getting 401ks passed and we're successful in ta- making constitutional amendments, what are the results to that? What are the results to property taxes and the results to the state at large? Oh, I think if we're successful, um, it will be, be a great day for Illinoisans because uh, finally we'll be competitive again, right? Uh, you know, dealing with our pension problem means that, uh, you know, our property taxes can maybe, uh, you know, either return to uh, being middle of the pack or that uh, the quality of amenities and services uh, will make Illinois schools the best in the nation, number one. Uh, that our, the crime rate will go down. I mean, you know, Illinois is known, Chicago especially, is known for yeah. its crime rate. Uh, you know, when I, when I first had, you know, moved to Chicago, 
like many of us who came to the state, uh, we, uh, you know, the biggest fear was, hey, where do I live in Chicago, right? Uh, because of the crime rate. Uh, people have this fear that there is that Chicago is is you know is uh, drowning in crime, uh, and and we saw this even re- even more recently. You know, uh, crime in the suburbs in, in the in the south and west side of Chicago. Uh, uh, it's scary, uh, but you know if if our property tax dollars could go to uh, to uh, police protection, uh, I'm sure we'd see a decline in the crime rate. I'm sure we'd see our labor markets funct- functioning much better. We'd see more job creation. We'd see uh, neighborhoods that are struggling, particularly uh, uh, minority and low-income uh, neighborhoods that are struggling, uh, make their way up uh, out of this abyss that they find themselves in. Uh, we see so many uh, towns in Illinois, and, and, and when, I, when I say so many towns, I predominantly minorities and, and low-income uh, uh, towns that have a, a median income that's lower than the uh, state median income, uh, they struggle. Uh, they struggle. You, you, see, you see their schools are not doing well. You see the crime rate is shooting through the roof. Uh, and uh, it's actually scary to drive through some of these neighborhoods uh, now. Uh, so getting pension reform would do a lot. Uh, because it would do a lot to save these uh, homeowners that are drowning in, in debt. We, it, would, it would do a lot to, uh, to save these schools, to save the kids in these neighborhoods that uh, can't go to school and, and you know, don't feel safe uh, walking around their neighborhoods at night. Uh, it would change our, 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 our way of life completely. Uh, so I think, that, uh, I think that it's a serious issue. It's a big issue that we ought to address now. Uh, I think that the longer we delay, the bigger the problem grows and the scarier the outcomes are going to get. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think pension reform is a must. Uh, and if we can't get there right away, uh, we need to consolidate uh, uh, local government. We need to uh, get more public sector employees into 401k plans. Uh, and we need to even get uh, uh, unions uh, public sector unions to work with us uh, to fix this problem. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's just not fair. It's not fair for all these Illinoisans that are uh, working so hard just to continue to pay their property tax bills. Yeah, and, and bringing up the the lack of good services is, is important because people can accept taxes to a degree if they think they're getting good schools and good police and good fire protection, but it's this idea in Illinois of you're paying a lot to get nothing in return that I think is unique to our state and is, is hurting a lot of people. But you do see examples around the Midwest and around the country of reforms having an impact, especially just with our neighboring states here. Do you see, and we can look to those states as examples, in Illinois, do you see any way forward on property taxes and on improving services without pension reform? Or is pension reform the most critical thing to, to doing that? You, you, you know, I, I think that, I think if nothing gets done, uh, Eventually, uh, there will be some sort of uh, a revolution. You know, Illinoisans will get sick and tired uh, of what's going on, um, primarily in Springfield, uh, because everything starts in Springfield, uh, unfortunately. Uh, And I'll tell you why. In St. Clair County, in the last 20 years, of all the growth in property taxes, only 5%, so municipal police police collections, only 5% 
went to police protection and 95% went to police pensions, right? That's St. Clair County. That's incredible. Okay. Uh, in Lake County, 18% of the growth, 18% went to police protection and 82% way to pay for pensions. I think, a, you know, I can go down the list. E- even in DuPage County, and DuPage County is, is known for its, nice neighbor, uh, for its nice neighborhoods and good schools. You know, even in DuPage County, uh, of the total growth in property tax collections for uh, municipal police, uh, 2% went to protection, police protection and 98% went to police pensions. Uh, so again, I think there is going to come a time where Illinoisans are going to get sick and tired and they're going to be marching down the streets. They're going to be marching down in Springfield to require a constitutional amendment on the ballot uh, because it's, uh, it's just too much. Uh, you know, you, you, we cannot continue to pay more and more and get uh, so little in return. You know, it's, it's really fair to say that Illinois are, are not getting a bang for their buck and, uh, and eventually it will be too much. Uh, it will be enough to, to get people really, really angry uh, and demand change. And, and two of those areas that you mentioned, Lake County, St. Clair County, border communities in a lot of ways, people moving to Missouri, moving to Wisconsin. So in some ways, people are already revolting. They're just not staying in Illinois. It's the one route that you can take. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you look at uh, migration flows, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that people like to say, well, people don't move because of the economy. People don't, you know, you, you'll hear people say, you know, uh, you know, people move for the weather, you know. Eh, to some extent, people move for the weather. But when you look at uh, where Illinoisans are going, one third of all migration, of all out migration is going to neighbor states, right? Not, not California. The weather you know. in Indiana is pretty much the same. Exactly, right? So if we look at one third of all my out migration is going to neighbor states. People are actually moving to, you know, Indiana, Missouri, Wisconsin. Uh, states are doing much better than we are uh, in terms of the tax burden. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that people are revolting already uh, and, and they're taking their wallets to other states. Um, and it's sad. It's sad. I think, you know, I think uh, when I moved here, uh, I had big hope. Uh, for Illinois, and uh, I hope I can raise my family here. Uh, but uh, but I think that uh, change is absolutely necessary. So finally, for people who are listening right now and want to know more about the process for a constitutional amendment, uh, what should they know about the process and the the feasibility of that moving forward? So I think uh, I think what we need is uh, lawmakers to uh, vote to get this constitutional amendment on the ballot, so that uh, the public can actually. Uh, have their say. Uh, that is the biggest roadblock. Uh, and so long as uh, there are different lobbies out there that are, are going to uh, fight our efforts to reform uh, our pension system, uh, the Illinois public will never get uh, will never get their say, uh, unless, of course, uh, our listeners here go to the polls and vote for people who are actually addressing this problem. Uh, when you look at, at our upcoming election right now and you look at the gubernatorial candidates, uh, both sidestepping the issue, nobody is addressing the pension problem. Uh, we need to hold them accountable. We need to ask them the tough questions. Uh, Who is going to do something about this problem? Uh, and, and, and also, uh, we need to ask our lawmakers because at the end of the day, the governor can only sign things that get to his desk. 
And so we need our lawmakers uh, down in Springfield to do the right thing. Uh, and if they and if they don't want to do the right thing, then we need to vote vote them out. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Orfe Divangi, Chief Economist, Illinois Policy Institute. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. To read Orfe's report and to learn more about the link between pensions and property taxes, go to illinoispolicy.org. There you can also read some of our pieces looking at specific local communities and how they're passing along the cost burden from pensions onto homeowners. Also consider joining our private Facebook group, The Lincoln Lobby, where you can learn more about how to take action and fight for real pension reform in Springfield. Until next time, this has been The Policy Show.